Welcome to the Money Over 50 podcast, brought to you by Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue from Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. Welcome to Money Over 50. Today's topic, supply and demand, economics 101. Thanks, Dallas. It's the, I like to think of supply and demand as the cornerstone of, of economics. The cornerstone. Uh, the cornerstone of, of, of we're dealing with it in every single interaction, yep. every single day. Yeah. Um, what we're seeing, I thought the timing of this would be good as well. Um, it, it affects things like inflation. Yep. which we talk about as the silent killer. Yeah, um, yeah. And, uh, it, I mean, it affects, it affects pricing, of course, yep. of, of everything. Um, uh, it, it, it affects supply chain. So, so right now, with the Russia situation, mm-hmm. uh, oil has skyrocketed, skyrocketed because of the sanctions. So, basically, a lot of the, oil, the world's oil uh, that we consume is being taken out of the, the market. Because mm-hmm. we, you know, we're not buying anything. We're not buying Russia. anything from Russia. Yep. So what that in, oh, so you take you take away supply. That's supply. Yep. The and demand, you still have the same demand. demand. The price has nowhere to go but up. Yes. So the price is actually skyrocketed. Now what that does in turn, it's a great thing supply demand because it, what what it what it what it will bring in is new entrants. Yeah. Um, either new entrance to producing oil and gas. Yep. Uh, because it's economically cost-effective to do so now, as in yep. they're selling it for for much more. Yep. Um, but it also, I mean, it, it in its own right brings in alternative. Yeah, you know, if we're looking at clean energy as a as a thing, it brings in yep. alternative energy sources well, well, again, because 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 the price of oil has gone up. So, so that in turn takes some of the demand away from oil and gas, and then and the and the price falls again. That's, so. that's a so I guess if you think of it as those three components. So there's there's supply, there's demand, and then there's the the price. And it's a really interesting one because I think that sometimes people think that the price is is set by someone. When really the price fluctuates based on supply and demand. So supply and demand are the only things that actually really move, and then the price just reflects that movement. So that's a, that's a great point. So in a free market economy, yeah, which we live in, um, supply and demand affect the price. Yes, and you see, you hear stories of um, uh, communist countries, yeah, where the state owns everything, yep, and there's no price, and the price of the price, there's there's a I can't find this quote anywhere, but there's a famous story about um, the Russian minister for milk distribution. That's right. <laughs> coming over to the UK, yeah. and um, he said to a parliamentary, uh, 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 someone in parliament over there, "Who is in charge of distributing the milk yeah. in the UK?" And they said, "What are you talking about?" And they well, you go, you go into all these corner shops. There's a he, bottle of milk there. There's, there's he he there. said there must be someone in charge of getting the milk to all these corner stores. Yeah. No, no, no. It's supply and demand. Yeah. Like, like, so yeah. people want it. Yes. So people supply it. Yeah. And he couldn't get his head around because and, the system in Russia worked yeah. completely different. Now, um, the price of milk 
was much cheaper in the UK under the free market system yeah. than it was in Russia. Well, that- so, so you've got you've got you've got the free market system intertwining with all of this as well, mm. and and um, and and people doing things more efficiently that well, keeps the so price in at, check. If you look at those two things, supply and demand, and and then the, the price fluctuation. So so milk is probably a, a better example. So in my household, we buy a lot of milk because mm. we have young kids and they seem to just you know they, they, yeah. seem, to, they seem to drink it a carton a day the, the yeah. um so but that's a good example of so the i don't know this is one of the, i'd be a terrible politician you know how they always try and get politicians with what's a liter of milk cost they go, yeah. i don't know what it costs it's like five it, bucks it, it costs what it costs yeah that's it a, costs what it so costs this, so i need it and i buy it and so, i don't look at the price so, either. so this but. is my point of the supply and demand thing is that the de- the demand that I have in my household for milk is a relatively inex- it's it's an inelastic Plastic. thing. Yep. So I need a certain amount of milk every day because I want to rip that into my toddler because it's hard to get him to you know it's it like fills all <laughs> all the nutrition gaps of things yep. that he won't eat that are probably good for you know developing bones and skin and all that sort of thing. So I'm going to buy I'm going to buy two liters of milk every four days or whatever it is. Yep. And I'm just going to buy that now. The two liters of milk might be five bucks at the moment, and so I'm going to buy that now. There's probably someone else out there that at the moment is is drinking is drinking milk, and they have an elastic demand for milk, so they they're mm. drinking it because it's there and it's you know great. Now, if the price of milk goes from five dollars to ten dollars, what will happen is that I'll still buy it because mm. I still want it. And I want to rip it in my kid. Yep. The person who was just drinking milk because it was sort of convenient and there. They walk past the shop. They see that the price is ten dollars. They go, "Geez, that milk is ten dollars now." I'm just not going to buy that milk. I'm going to go and do something. I'm going to drink something else instead. I'm going to go and buy orange juice, or I'm going to just drink water, or I'm yep. going to do whatever it takes. So that's so that takes demand away. That's the demand. So side. the price going up yep. will will alter yep. both demand and supply. Yeah. And so on the one hand, see, so it's really really interesting here, isn't it? Because okay, you've got the price of milk going from five dollars to ten dollars for whatever reason. Yep. In this hypothetical example, yeah, some demand will slip away, yeah, which will cause the price to, at the very least, not continue to yeah, go up. Yeah, yeah. Um, you could argue also yep. that it's going to bring well, so new, this is, this new is part two, the supply, new side. supply. The supply yeah. side is that if I'm a, if I've got a, if I've got a property, I've got a little farm, and at the moment I'm growing wheat or something. Mm. If the price of milk doubles. There is, there is a fair chance that I'm going to think much. The likelihood of me producing milk and and going, okay, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to actually grow wheat anymore. I'm going to run dairy cows. And I'm going to produce milk. I'm going to do that because I make money. So, this is, I guess, the the, the two sides of that is there's the demand side that yeah. that changes based on the the price mechanism, and then there's the supply side, and that changes based on that price mechanism. Mm-hmm. Now, no one sets that price. That's a thing that happens behind the scenes. So. Yeah. You know, in that example, if you had a dairy industry that a bug went through and wiped out half the dairy herd in Australia, the supply would be massively constrained. And mm. so because of that, the demand would stay the same, supply would be halved, the price would go up. And so what would happen is then the demand would have to equalise to, to make that work. So, mm. for example, be with a toddler, I'm still buying the milk even though it's really dear, but someone who was just, you know, buying it because they like it, they're probably just going to hold off. And what's happening in, is then in the supply side... 
someone's out there going, hey, all these dairy cows have been wiped out. We're, we need to very quickly get our herd numbers back up and, and mm. supply this milk because it's a, it's a gold mine. It's profitable. It's really profitable yep. to produce milk. So once that happens, supply will go back up. That price will, will yeah. That supply and demand will equalise, and that will move the price around. Th- this is the the point there that, for me, with supply and demand, is that the price is a reflection. The price doesn't. No one's there pulling levers, setting no. the price. The price is fluctuating to to meet those needs, and it's that pricing mechanism that informs my decisions, either as a producer or as a consumer, as to whether I. Do I go and produce milk or do I go and produce wheat or do I drink milk or do I drink orange juice? Those are decisions that I have to make day to day. There's no one in the government who's going, hey, you with your wheat farm, you need to go and, you need to go and run dairy cows. Yep. Or there's no one at the entrance to Woolies saying, hey, you, you're not allowed to buy any milk today because we're running out. Yep. They just let the price do that. And there's classic stories of that in, in um, communist countries yeah. where not only does the price to produce milk it's not five dollars, not ten dollars, fifteen dollars, yeah. because it's done so inefficiently by the yeah. state. Yeah, they actually go on rations. Yeah, yeah. You are so they say, that. okay, well, we're going to ration this milk out yeah. because we we've, we've had a using your example, we've had a, a constraint to there's a there's a, yeah. a dairy cow disease that's gone through and and yeah. and, and, and yeah, the supply is, is less. Um, rather than let the free market decide by the price yeah. fluctuating. Yeah. Um, and 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 only people that really really need it buying it, yeah. uh, they choose to limit yeah. <laughs> and, well, and ration it out. Well, so so um, I, I laugh because I was just thinking about the, the the last example of rations in in Australia, which was toilet paper during COVID. So you know when you went to Woolies, they said yeah. only one like one carton of yeah. toilet paper per person. What they really should have said is, right, are you morons? I don't know why you're all buying toilet paper. It's the stupidest yeah. thing in the world. But toilet paper's now $100 a carton. Yeah, And, yeah, and if you didn't have any toilet paper in your house, you're probably you, just going to pay the 100 bucks. You just bucks. pay it. You, just yep. pay it. Yeah. you go, oh, it's better than the alternative. But if you've got three cartons in your house and you're yeah. just, for some reason, you think the toilet paper's going to run out because you haven't given yeah. it any thought, that's going to make you pause and go, I won't yeah. just grab another carton of toilet paper. Do yeah. I actually need it? No, I don't. All right, I'll just leave that for the people who are actually running out of toilet paper. So um, I wanted to apply <laughs> this now to... Hang on, let me give one more good example, Michael, because I just had this conversation yesterday. When the Western Australia border opened up, flights, the first lot of flights were $3,000 each way. Mm-hmm. So my parents are now looking at making a trip to Western Australia to see some friends. Flights are $300 each way. Yep. And we were discussing that over breakfast. And, and it was really interesting because even my, my parents understand the pricing mechanism. There's still an intuition where you go, well, that's not, that doesn't feel fair. Like it doesn't feel yeah. fair that it can't be 10 times dearer. But again, as as they were talking about this, they worked through this and went that first flight. If you've got, if your if your grandmother is on her deathbed and this is your last chance to see your grandmother, and you have to be on that first flight, you want the option to be able to pay three thousand dollars and get there today. Absolutely. And so, if you don't have that price go up, and and you and you don't allow companies to to do that to to reflect that that desire. What you have is you have 100 people who all want to get on 50 seats and 50 of them probably don't really care whether they mm-hmm. go today or next week or whatever, but they just sort of put their name down. Oh, well, it's only 300 bucks, so I'll just book the seat and away I go. And so that's another good example of one where it's a week. Like it, it's a squeezed thing where you go, if you must mm-hmm. be in Perth on this date or if you're about to buy a $50 million mining services company and yep. you need to get there today to close that deal, you're going to pay the $3,000. 
But if you're like my parents and you're just going, hey, I want to go and catch up with a mate, geez, flights are three grand each way. I might just give that a couple of weeks and, and then I'll book once things settle down. So- hey, look, great example and great reason for that example as well, Dallas, because um, I thought the explanation there is perfect. If you really need to be there yeah. or if your company is closing a big deal or whatever, yeah, yeah. Like, like like you want the ability to be able to purchase a ticket. Now, yeah. now the price sets that ability. Yes. The price always sets that ability. Yeah. Um, and there's no one setting the, the price and saying we're only allowing – what's your reason for going? And yeah, yeah. Like There's no one no. taking in a survey on that no. and saying, well, you deserve it more than this person no. um, as a communist country would. Yeah. Uh, the price yep. actually sets it. Yep. So the process. And now I want to apply this to investments. Yep. So if we look at companies' share prices, and, and I, we don't like to talk about share prices too much because what we like to talk about is the companies, the, is, is companies the and the, company, and the, yeah. the underlying company. Um, someone wanna, once asked me, "Will a company ever run out of shares to sell to someone?" And I said, "Well, will they? Will they? They do." I said, "But you can always get them yeah, because of supply and demand." Yeah, yeah. Now. Um, what I mean by that is, is if 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 um, the ABC proprietary limited company uh, has one million shares issued, then um, basically uh, someone owns all those one million shares yep. that are issued. If I want to buy shares in that company, mm-hmm. I pay, I buy them off someone, and that's set by supply and demand. Yep. So there's always some people that want to sell for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Usually, there's a, a relative equilibrium, and on any given day, there's a hundred people w- waking up, and for whatever reason, they need to to sell for that particular day. And there's a hundred people waking up, and they, for whatever reason, they're thinking, "Well, this is good. I'm going to buy some of these shares in this particular day." Um, so, supply and demand sets that. Now, there are there are uh, constraints, and there are things that fluctuate that around, um, and this is what we see of of. Um, sharp market falls. So if we go back to March of 2020, when coronavirus had just broken out, um, there was a there was a uh, uh, an excess of supply to the great quality companies of Australia and the world. And what I mean by that, people unbeknownst to what they were really doing, were ticking the box to mm. get me out yep. of these companies yep. um, because I've seen them going down, and I think. When is this going to stop? Get me out and put me into cash uh, or a bank account or a return deposit style of investment inside my super fund. So ticking the box forced the fund manager mm. of their super fund to, to go to the market and say, I have this many, yeah, 100,000 shares for sale. Forget that they were worth a dollar yeah. a share. Yeah. Um, they're now worth 63 cents because of supply and demand. Yeah. Um, there, 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 was, there was an oversupply because people were saying, get me out. For yep. whatever reason, yep. at at any cost, and, the and then there was a uh, a lack of demand yep. because uh, the potential people that were buying yep. were seeing, okay, well, yep. well, what would I buy now? The price has fallen week after week after week. Yeah. So, um, so, so that equilibrium that usually exists um, at, at at certain periods of time, it it, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, the the over time, over time, supply and demand is is perfect in uh, how, how it values well, it's companies. Those, those resources to the to the to the people that want them at that at that price at that time. That that that's right. So so 
very, very predictable over time because yeah. what you see is you see as companies make more profits year after year after year after they retain a lot of those profits and grow their business, a la Woolworths that started in 1925 with five supermarkets and now has over a 1,000 supermarkets from just reinvesting some of the profits they made every year mm. and, of course, making bigger profits as they grew from five supermarkets to 25 to 125 to 500 yeah. uh, to over a 1,000. Um, what you see is that the supply and demand around their shares uh, means that the the share price is continually going up yeah. over that period of time. Does that mean it won't fall by 30%, 40 50% during cool. you know, periods of, um, what's the word? Is it in equilibrium? What it, 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 it's, it's, yeah, I think I yeah, in, in dis, disequilibrium. Dis- yeah, yeah. Whatever it you is. You get the picture. Yeah. The, the opposite of equilibrium. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. And, and again, no one's setting that price. No one, no, there's no... Um, pricing department of the government no. with respect to these things no. that are waking up and saying today the price is this oh they've made more profits we need to put the price up yeah. um, it is is purely supply and demand it's yeah. purely people going okay I have them and I need to sell them for whatever reason and it's other people saying well yeah. I want them yeah. because of these reasons yeah. uh, and, 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 and buying in so as you said I just thought of an example and, and we've touched on this before where um on average, people's behaviours around their property is, is sort of uh, much much more logical often than, than what it is around their, their holdings of these mm. biggest and best companies. So if you go to sell a house, for example, so you, you, you might be wanting to – you want to sell your house for whatever reason and downsize mm. or move or whatever. We hear all the time where people say, mm, we wanted to sell our house – um, it was just a terrible time. Like we put it on the market, we didn't get offers anywhere near what we what we thought it, it was worth. So we took it off the market and we rented it for a year. Mm. You hear that all the time about selling a house. You, you never hear someone go, "We wanted to sell our house." So what we decided we decided on the Friday. What we did was we set an auction for the Saturday morning, mm. and we set no reserve, and we didn't actually, you know, we didn't give anyone any time to come and look at it. We didn't give anyone time to organise finance. We just had an auction. Mm. One bloke turned up, he bid $400,000 for a house that was, was worth a million dollars a week before and we just sold and, and went on our way and, and yep. off we went. It doesn't work like that. We, we know that we go, okay, well, I, I want to sell this house but not at any price. I'm, mm. I'm, not, willing to, I'm not willing to sell at any price. I, I'm, I'm going to be reasonable and, and let this play out in, in the way that's going to maximise my chances of actually mm. doing reasonably well here. If you're a retiree, if you're a retiree and you're a client of ours, that's the approach that we're trying to take with with selling your 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 shares in in those biggest and best companies. So, you're a retiree with two million dollars in superannuation fund, and and you're spending a hundred thousand dollars a year. Now, every week you're pulling four thousand dollars out of your superannuation fund. Mm. So, company prices drop by 30, 40, 50 percent. One of two things happens. We either go, geez, we, we were selling shares every week to, to live on. We, we were basically using some of those companies. We, we, we were going to sell them. Now, the, the price has dropped by 40%. And the price has dropped by 40% because there's way more people that are selling mm-hmm. that feel like they need to sell or that do need to sell than what there are buyers. Mm-hmm. We don't need to sell. We, we have some exposure to cash or we have the ability to tighten our belt for a little while and not sell that many shares and, and, and live on slightly less. We're definitely not going to just, if possible, we're not going to keep 
selling shares every week because we go, well, there's people who need to sell way more than I do. That's why the price is down. I don't need to sell. I'm just going to live on my cash. So I've got, you know, $200,000 in cash sitting off to the side. Mm. I'm just going to stop selling and I'm just going to live on my cash for two years. I'm going to mm. let the market sort itself out. And all the people that really do need to sell or that feel that they need to sell and that they're willing to take a 35, 40% haircut on that sale price, they will sell because they have to or they feel they have to. And eventually that will equalize and in a couple of years time, hopefully prices will go back to reflecting the intrinsic value of that company. Then once the price goes back up, I can then decide whether to supply some of those companies to the market. Look, meantime, ab- absolutely. And it's supply and demand that forces the price back up as well. Yeah. So, so on the on the example before yeah. when, when there was um, oversupply because yeah. everyone was panicking and saying, yeah. I'm going to sell. Yeah. You had the equation where instead of 100 people looking to sell, there was 200 people looking to sell for that day. Yeah. And instead of 100 people looking to buy, there was only 10 people looking to buy. Yeah. Because, uh, which is the demand side, because of the fact that they, they thought the price might keep going down. Yeah. The price hits that bottom at some stage. No one rings a bell no. and lets anyone know that no. that's the bottom. But yeah. what happens is that it starts to skyrocket up. Yeah. Um, that flips around then. Yeah. That flips around. So you have all these people that wanted to buy and were holding out for the bottom and they never ever, they work out they didn't time it to get it there. Yeah. So they're starting to actually buy now. Yeah. So create a, a, a greater than demand. And instead of, uh, you know, 100 people looking to buy on any given day, you now have 200 people looking to buy. Yeah. Um, how many do you have looking to sell? Yeah. Well, people that were looking to sell and panic out yep. suddenly are appeased. Yeah. Yes, uh, and and, the, and yep. then yeah, you know, so you, you only have fifty of those yep. looking to 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 sell now. Yeah. Um. So the price has got nowhere to go but up, yep. and, and that's why market downturns recover. I mean, common sense takes over if you want to sum it up like that. Yeah. But but the 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 inequality between supply and demand flips around yeah. and it's now an inequality between between over demand and under supply yes it's and it's it's a, when you break it down like that the the pricing again the pricing mechanism there is doing exactly what it's meant to do yes which is it, it is equalizing supply and demand so does the thing i love about owning the best quality companies in australia and the world yeah. i know i have a guaranteed buyer on any given day yeah, that I yeah. wake up, <laughs> I can sell them. Yeah. I can sell them. Yes. Now the same could arguably be said for property, but yes. it, but 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 if I if I adjusted the price, but yeah. I know that if I need the money, yeah. and I only take it when I need the money, yeah. I can wake up. I have a guaranteed buyer tomorrow. Yeah. I just have to accept the price. The price that yeah. supply and demand has yeah. set. So that's the the, fr- the phrase that I'm thinking there is, is when when that next big drop happens there will be the next 30 40 50 percent drop in company prices all you need to do as a retiree or as someone who has the money in super you know, yeah. is take it off the market is basically yeah. go well other people need to sell i, I don't i'm just gonna i'm just gonna take my i'm gonna take that supply away okay I was yeah. i was selling an amount every week or i was thinking about selling Geez, that price has come down. Why would I? Why would I sell into that price? I don't mm. need. I don't need to be selling at that point in time. I'm just going to take it off the market and let things and let things sort themselves out. It, it's a bizarre thing that companies are the only the only thing that I can think of that people do that. You know, I, again to get other examples. 
if, if you own a cattle property and you normally sell wieners every year, you, your cows have a calf and then as you wean that calf, you sell the wieners. Mm. And then one year you go, oh, wiener prices are terrible. They're, you know, they're mm. a third of what you think they should be. You just take it off the market. You just mm. go, oh, well, don't worry about it. Then I'll go and find some adjustment somewhere. I'll find some way to yep. feed those calves. I'll, I'll wait for other people do need to sell at this point in time. Yep. And, and so I'll let them sell and they can, they can take that price. And because of those grazers that choose not to sell, that becomes a supply constraint. Exactly. Now, what does that do to the terrible price? It lifts it. Exactly. So, exactly. so, if, so if, it's 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 if like, you don't like the if you don't like the share price that you're seeing at the moment, yeah. stop selling. Stop stop, stop being yeah. a part of the supply. Don't yeah. don't sell. Yeah. Be a part of the the solution, not part of the problem. So, in the same way that the in the other extreme, if you think that that price is too low, you can be a part of the demand side. You mm. could go well. Geez, now I, I did have some cash that I was yeah, saving up that I then go, well, that price is now so low. Not only am I not going to sell into that market, I might actually buy at that price. Look, look as, a, as a, um, yeah, a, a prospective retiree over the next 10 years, as a member of a couple mm. that are taking advantage of the full $27,500 each, um, you're purchasing 55000 ignoring the 15% yeah, yeah. tax gain, yeah. you're, pur- you're purchasing $55,000 worth of the biggest and best companies in Australia and around the world yeah. um, each year over yeah. the next 10 years, you're a net purchaser yeah. of over half a million dollars worth of equities yes. over that period of time. You want volatility. You want, you want you, you, like yeah. everyone thinks that they want the price to exactly. go up and up and up, but yeah. you actually want some of that, that you you want some of those downturns. You want, that, that is going to assist you it's in actually- really interesting because it's how many times have we- had this conversation with people who are contributing money into superannuation mm. and then there's a, a big drop in company prices and they go, should I keep putting money into super? You, why would you, st- you should, you know, you're part of the demand side of this, you're buying at a cheaper price. It, yep. it's, and that's, I think, if you look at that example of my parents are going to go to Western Australia and they're going to pay 300 bucks each way for flights. If, if by the time they, they got closer to booking, flights had gone from $300 to $200, they wouldn't go, oh, I don't know if I still want to go to Perth. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, how good is this? <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. You know, and so that's that's I think the thing where thinking of the I actually like this concept of we really probably need to because we can talk about supply and demand. And I think there's a thing where people's eyes glaze over. If if you if you have finished this podcast and you still feel like you don't really have a very good understanding of supply and demand, I've actually got a resource that I recommend. There's a yep. there's an online. Um, uh, it's like a, like an online free university thing called Khan Academy, K H A N Academy. Yep. They do a really good video series about supply and demand. It's it's like five five minute videos, yep. and it's just very clearly laid out of okay, if 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 this happens to supply and demand stays the same, what happens to price, vice mm. versa? If you finish this podcast and you feel like I I kind of get what they're saying, but it's still not intuitive to me. I recommend that you go and actually watch those things. And then what you'll find is that and it's hard to it's still still hard to internalize that, but then when you turn on the news and you see NAB shares have, you know, dropped by twenty five percent over the last six months. And and you know, I, I shouldn't use individual companies as an example. If I say mm. you know, broadly the Australia Australian companies have dropped by an average of twenty five percent over the last six months. You will look at that and you will go, oh, yeah, okay. So, what has happened to supply and demand in order to make that happen? Now, does that impact me given what my supply needs are and what my demand needs mm. are? How should I actually react based on that price signal? Mm. Not not looking at it going, 
there's a red number there. There's, there's a negative sign and then a 25 and it's all in red and that looks scary and maybe I should be a part of the supply side here. Mm. You'll look at that and go, well, that there's been a, there's been an issue in those in those different constraints therefore the price has gone down what do i do with that new information do, does that mean that i should then instead of supplying those those shares i should be an, i should try and become a net buyer of those shares and and that's essentially what what you should do now obviously it's not as easy as that and we've said just take it off the market and and the the example i used before about if you've got wieners and oh and and if you've got cattle on your property and you need to sell them there's no grass well you sometimes just have to take that price. But mm-hmm. this is where the, the planning in advance with your retirement savings of when you get to retirement, you need the vast majority of your money in, in Australian overseas companies in order to get the return that you're going to need, probably, yeah, without mm. knowing your situation. You probably need a lot of that. But you also need the ability to not be a forced seller. And so that mm-hmm. is why we normally have a, a small allocation to those defensive investments so that we can say to our retired clients, oh, yeah, prices down by 30 40%. We'll just take it off the market for a bit. We'll, mm. just, we'll just wait and, and let things sort of settle down and come back into it. Yep. Thank you for listening to the Money Over 50 podcast with Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. For more information and resources, visit the Money Over 50 website, mo50.com.au. We look forward to catching up again soon.